0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the How to Adult with Travis Walker podcast. Today, I brought on the talented, the amazing, the knowledgeable Albert Suarez. He came on the show to talk about a very important topic, which is Making difficult decisions. This is something that young adults and adults in general have to navigate ourselves through all the time. So let's talk about the feelings. Let's talk about the process, the emotions that go with decision making. Before we get into the show, make sure that you're sharing the episode. You are following the podcast at TW on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So with all that being said, y'all, let's get into the show and learn how to adult. Albert, welcome to my closet.
1: <laughs> we it's, are officially in the closet together. It's good to be here, <laughs> man. I was there for a while. Um, don't want to go back, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, good to good to be here in uh, in in your closet with you, uh, Travis. Thanks and thanks again, dude. Like thanks for having me on the show this is what my third time and this is number three this is number three lucky number three dude yeah it's yeah I'm I'm stoked to be here and just talk about all the things today and just just get started so yeah uh, well, Albert has
0: come back on the show because I asked him to very sweetly, but also because <laughs> we're here to talk about making difficult decisions. And I feel like in the last year, uh, both of us have been faced with a bunch of difficult decisions and we've made uh, incredible strides towards uh making the right decisions for us, making the right decisions for the people that we love, making yes. the right decisions for our businesses. Yes. Um and so I think that we we've got a lot to share and we've got a lot to kind of figure out in terms of how do we make difficult decisions as young adults because it can affect your whole life until you die. Until I, wow. It <laughs> usually does it usually doesn't, but
1: it usually doesn't, no. It's it's not well, I mean some decisions are, but we Yeah. It's <laughs> well said travis yes (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly
0: yeah so for people that don't remember albert uh you need to tell me well your location has changed so you need to update your location and i want to know what you do for work if that has changed i'm not sure uh so tell me where are you and what do you do for work
1: where am i geographically so i think the on the first show i mentioned I was in Central Texas and you know I traveled back and forth um, from there to my hometown of El Paso, Texas and you know Far West Texas and like everywhere in between basically you know with wedding photography and photography in general Um, but now um, actually a couple weeks ago I actually moved back to my hometown and now I am a uh, current resident and native of El Paso so it's scary it's it's been exciting it's been a whole lot of emotions but it's always good to be back with fam and it's always good to I think familiarize yourself with a space that you grew up in but also you know just kind of living this experience as a young adult you know it's so much has changed I mean there's just so many places so many things that have opened up but also kind of you know, just thinking introspectively, I've changed a lot too. And I think yeah, just finding that middle ground between where I grew up and who I am now um, is just so fascinating. So yeah, I, in a nutshell, I'm in El Paso right now, um, but I still do work in the central Texas area. I still will be. So no fear there, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. And your work. My work. Yes. Um I, still am a wedding photographer. I'm a portrait photographer. Um, I have kind of niched down a little bit to uh, photography wise to more just editorial and fashion things. Um, you know, just to kind of get my conceptualness, my, my ideas that just kind of rattle in my brain, um, about just some like really creative, cool shoots, um, that I can work with, with models or, you know, anyone really but yeah i do that and then i also um within the past like six months or so i opened up the photo booth business which has been going awesome and i also uh opened up some wedding stationery design stuff you know i'm kind of testing it out but not really testing it out because we really just jump in right travis so Uh, (laughs) but yeah, I do that now. I work with a lot of the wedding clients that I have for photography, but, um, they've allowed me the opportunity to, you know, kind of explore that design space and creative space with them for their wedding. So it's just so exciting to see that kind of comprehensive route materialize in my business. So that's, that's where we're at with work and, and geography. Yes.
0: Amen. Amen. Indeed. That is amazing. Thank you. Uh, you're doing so many good things oh, and expanding you. your business while also niching down, which is an interesting thing mm-hmm. to do at the same time concurrently. But that's not the point of the show. And the point of the show <laughs> is that we are making difficult decisions. So uh, that's, right. that's what we're here to talk about. So, ha- yeah. Albert, have you ever made a difficult decision? Just oh, my. simplifying this.
1: Dude, I mean, just this morning, I had to decide between – should I get Whataburger or should I stay, you know, in my route of eating, you know, fairly clean and fairly good, like all my juice and vegetable, or I'm sorry, my (laughs) fruit and vegetable juice and all that stuff. And it was, it was tough. So that was the last tough decision that I made, but yes, I have in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) Whataburger versus vegetables. (laughs) Mm, Let's see. Uh, That's, that's hilarious. So Besides what to eat for breakfast, yeah. what was uh, what would you say is the most recent uh, difficult decision that you've had to make? Uh, I'd love to hear about what that de- the decision sure. was, and then we'll dissect it a little bit of how you kind of worked through that difficult decision and, and your outcome of that wow. decision. So pick a decision, and uh, we'll dissect it a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say my most difficult decision, aside from breakfast this morning, was probably my move back to El Paso. And that was tough. That was kind of months in the making. And a lot of variables kind of came into play there. Um, But basically, um, how I kind of came to that decision of moving back was a lot of, I think, social factors, a lot of financial aspects of my life, you know, so I graduated from graduate program last year and we love student loans and by we love we we really don't but um you know that kind of racks up a good bill and on top of the expenses and all the investments that i make in my business all of those things kind of like factor in and i just kind of saw my day-to-days my my way of living overall my lifestyle um kind of just calling me back and, you know, socially, I think my family's here. Um, I really wanted to connect with them. And I saw myself going back home a lot more. And it wasn't just for work, it was just kind of leisurely, um, you know, taking trips to, you know, my my niece or nephew's birthday party or, you know, just ex- spending a, a, a good amount of time here, not even like three days, but like a week or two weeks or so and driving back. And so, um, financially, you know, it also makes sense too because I yeah. um like I said before student loans and whatnot uh, kind of uh, kind of pile up and uh a lot of other, you know, business and, and personal expenses and whatnot. But um also, you know, it's also good to go back to your hometown every once in a while to kind of save money, you know? You got moms right. cooking, you got Um, you got family here that is willing to feed you, especially my family. Um, yeah, (laughs) a little too much sometimes, but it's okay. But, uh, yeah. And then, um, you know, just living here, um, it's been great. Uh, my sister recently, um, purchased a house, so I'll be living with her for a little bit. And, uh, my mom has, you know, graciously welcomed or and opened up her house to me. Um, as I'm making this transition into whatever is next in my life, right? Um, But the unknown is scary. And it was a lot of things that I still don't have figured out. But I do know what I have figured out right now is I'm in a much better headspace. And I'm in a much better, I think, place overall, just lifestyle wise. Um, Because last year, and I think we kind of t- spoke about this a little bit in the first two podcasts or the yeah, the first two podcast episodes was, you know, just hustling and the nature of it and really understanding that we are more than just our work. And I do love what I do. It's like, man, it's a dream job. I, I think about it every time in hindsight, and I'm like, wow, holy cow. Like I'm living a dream right now that not many people have, right. have the privilege of doing. And that's something that You know uh is is a privilege for me so i need to yeah i needed to definitely be aware of that and acknowledge that but um with all that to say you know like i looked at my life and i looked at a lot of the people that i you know talk uh, that i spoke to um day to day or that i message frequently and whatnot travis for example and my friends (laughs) back in my hometown and travis is in beaumont I saw. I said, okay, cool. We'll FaceTime. We'll, we'll message and whatnot. I saw my close friends, um, back in my hometown and we FaceTimed and we, um, met up every once in a while, but really what was, you know, living for me in central Texas was a lot of work stuff. And that's, I, I love it and that's great. But I think I saw those moments where everything just kind of called me back home, even at least just for, you know, this moment. And we'll kind of discuss this later, but, you know, in the moment, we're just in the heat of the moment. It's just our decisions are so paramount, or they feel like it at least. And that we often tend to make these, you know, choices or decisions, or we often think like, okay, this is going to be it, you know, like, we're moving. And this is the end of this chapter. And I'm never coming back. And it's going to be like one of those really dramatic movies. And, you know, (laughs) we're going to make our quick getaway to the unknown, right? Like Elsa, but... You know, we can always revisit, and we can always come back to these things, um, no matter at what point in our lives we are in. So, you know, right. just kind of familiaring ourselves, familiarizing ourselves with the unfamiliar has been something that I've been working working through right now. So it's been interesting. It's been cool, but I would say that's the latest decision that I've that I've made. That's kind of been difficult to navigate, but also really cool to explore. Right. That's
0: beautiful. I mean, Thank just you. a like moment of of complimenting you. I think that, you know, you and I are very jumbled people, we're very busy people. Um and the amount of clarity and the amount of confidence that that you're kind of exhibiting and your aura is giving off, uh is fantastic. And so, uh I think that that's really good. I know it's still very difficult to navigate, It's still very difficult yeah. for me to navigate too just moving home as well. Um so that's amazing so kind of getting into that decision a little uh dissecting it a little bit when when you start to think about this is a possibility Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. Uh, a difficult decision yours was was moving home and and mine was moving home too yeah how do you kind of navigate is this a dream is this you know, a viable possibility. Yeah. Uh. Or, or, am I just freaking myself out? How do you kind of navigate in the early kind of early days of the possibilities of outcomes? How do you navigate yourself through all the different options? Yeah. That can fulfill the problem that you're facing.
1: Oh my gosh, that's that's such a great question, and it's also so broad. Yeah, broad enough that we can, you know, just kind of uh, dissect it and, you know, just kind of narrow it down a little bit into our own lives, but that man it so in a world like i feel like now we're living in a world where we're just presented with so many decisions and so many opportunities and so many things so many choices and options and i think that is fantastic because we're able to have a lot of you know perspective a lot of awareness a lot of just um, things that we can consider, um, but it can really be difficult to narrow down like a good majority of the time, right? Because then we're just right. kind of over- overstimulated at that point. We have so many decisions <laughs> that we don't know how to narrow it down. It's like, oh my gosh, Whataburger, going back to Whataburger, I guess, you know, like there's so many options on the menu. What am I going to eat today? Right. So, um, and that can often, you know, lead us to Either making irrational decisions based off of a lot of variables that come into play, and that factor into like our ultimate decision making, right? So like how we feel at the time, who we're with, um, right. What we're surrounded by, what we're surrounded by with, uh, what we're what we're surrounded by, what we're surrounded by, um, how our day to day is going, right? What right. tasks. Is calling us for like this this sense of urgency or this immediacy and and just a lot of things that we really have to consider at that moment and it can be tough and if we look at decision making it can often sometimes like lead us into spiraling. Do you know what spiraling is?
0: Oh yeah, but explain yeah. it for our, our listeners.
1: Sure. Yeah. So just um, I keep saying in a nutshell, but that's my go-to. So in a nutshell, spiraling. <laughs> basically means like it's it's where one decision or a non-decision that you make can lead us to thinking thinking about the worst possible outcome right. and if it doesn't go well, right? So like if we make a decision and then two minutes later pass by and we don't see a result or we don't see things change in our favor or any of that stuff, like we we're, we're in that unknown space um it can lead us to kind of doubting it can lead to fear it can lead to a lot of just like a a lot of vulnerable places which vulnerability is a great thing to is a great place to be in but it's you have to be careful too because that can often lead to a lot of you know just negative feelings and just take you there and we don't want to go there right we want to go somewhere great somewhere, (laughs) somewhere over the rainbow. So, yeah. And then that like decision and and spiraling, it can paralyze us, you know, it can paralyze us to, you know, because we consider every single outcome of that decision. Right. So like if we make a decision from point A, right, that point A can lead us to point A, A1, and then A2. And then, okay, A2, if we do that route, okay, what's going to go on next? Is it going to be 2A, 2B, you know, all that stuff. So it's it's, it's so overwhelming at times, um, decision-making. It's really like an art form, honestly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> think I think about so it, too. Right? What are your thoughts, Travis?
0: Yeah, I think that it... – when you're speaking, my mind goes back to my recent experience in job hunting, right? Yeah. It, it, in a yeah. lot of ways, when you have to make a, a very monumental, dramatic decision, it's yes. not so much of just, boom, you're making a decision. Sometimes it's a process, yes. right? Yes. When I was in my job search, before I even started to think about looking for jobs in Beaumont, I was 95 applications in to jobs in the Austin area. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of people don't know that, uh, but there was like a valiant effort to get a job in Austin before, you know, getting a job in Beaumont. And so that process of, you know, applications and rejection led me to a place of this is the decision to make. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think that's something that a lot of people are uncomfortable with, right? Especially when you're in kind of a a uh, life change yes. Yes. you know you want to just make a decision and run with it and sometimes it's not that simple yeah. sometimes you have to run through the process or walk through the process or yeah. crawl through the process yes to get to the decision that you ultimately are going to have to make
1: right and the decision that we have to make might not be the one that we want to make right oh
0: sure like, for
1: sure I, I i think
0: it was really tough at first uh it wasn't tough. I mean, it was exciting, but it was also tough, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, Amber had never lived more than an hour away from home. Mm-hmm. And now we're, uh, you know, now we're talking about moving four hours away from her home. Yeah. And so thinking about, you know, this is a potential, you know, it, it's scary. You know, it may it may not work. And, yeah. you know, what what are the repercussions of it not working? Right. So I think that uh, it's definitely a scary process, but a process that, Especially with big, monumental, dramatic decisions, yeah. it's really important to go through kind of all the steps. And and sometimes you're, you're just naturally going to be led to the right decision. I, I firmly believe that.
1: Yep. Yeah, the gut check, right? Like just kind yeah. of trusting your intuition and saying, wow, like I may not know what this, this decision is ultimately going to bring me comprehensively or entirely, but you know, I have just this, not even just this feeling, but this recognition that it is going to be the best possible choice that I can make right now. Um, yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, it's, you said something so I think profound and I kind of want to dissect it a little bit if that's okay with you. Yeah, let's do it. So, you know, just making these decisions, um, especially, for instance, like a lot for young adults, right? We're trying to we're trying to adult here on how to adult, right? Um, everyone nowadays, I think, just wants this ideal decision, right, mm-hmm. presented to them that is like, okay, like my best friend from so and so, they got their dream job right out of school, right. and so I'm here looking like a schmuck basically, because I don't have that same job, right? Or I haven't figured out what I want to do yet. Or I'm going to go back home for a little bit and see what, you know, what else is out there or, you know, just exploring or any of that stuff. But I think in a generation, in a time, in a world where we have relied so much on digital platforms, like social media, for example, you know, we often see what can be, right? And that's amazing. What right. is so cool with the power of decisions is that it can alter and, you know, sometimes define what we do, who we are. But at the same time, like it can also take us to this really bad state because we're, all we're seeing is the ideal something, right? Mm-hmm. We're seeing at these ideal worlds that people live in and social media, especially Instagram, we only see the highlights, right? They have, uh, they have a whole section called highlight reel specifically to highlight that. Right. So it's, you know, it's, it's so interesting now, you know, just kind of discussing it with my friends and now kind of taking an introspective look now at my life, you know, at some things that, you know, I value and honor and how that allowed me to make informed decisions about my next step and about my, my next decision making and all that. And know I think a lot of people nowadays we just kind of idolize the people that have it all right but what about the people that are doing the grunt work what about the people that are don't really know what to do but they're in the process of making that decision right I think that's so that holds so much merit and that's something that we should value is just being in the weeds doing the work showing up and really just being present in that moment as much as we can so that we can make those informed decisions so that we can make those educated um choices about how where we're gonna steer our lives to right so i just i found that so you know just interesting just the power of social media and how it often influences our decision making um into this like ideal world but in reality we're all we're not in the same playing field, but we are all take. we all need to take that step back, I would say, you know, and right. just say like, wow, like what we're seeing is kind of just an, an ideal version of who I want to become. And that's amazing, but it's not the real me and it's not me being present. Right. So it's yeah. all passive content. It's all future content. It's whatever, but Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. You went you went kind of down an interesting route with that, which is uh the influence of our decision making, right? Yep. I think that it's some interesting things that are kind of irrelevant. Uh we can go to like the relevant influences and the irrelevant. I'm sure. going to start with the irrelevant. Yeah. But I think an irrelevant reason or influence is just the drama of decision making. Everybody yes. wants to make that that decision mm-hmm. that in ten years they're going to tell stories about to people yes. that they're trying to impress. Yep. But like, not every difficult decision is a story ten years from now, uh, and, and that's okay. Yeah, uh, that that is totally okay that your decision uh, to move, not move, accept a job, deny a job. Right. You know, it, it's really, it's it really should to be to better you not to tell a story later. Uh, so I think yes. that's kind of an irrelevant influence that I think not enough people kind of think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, am I, am I imp- putting too much drama into this decision, make this decision that I have to make? Yeah. And I think another is stigma, mm-hmm.
1: you know, mm-hmm. especially,
0: I think that we could probably bounce off of each other on this is, is yeah. the stigma of deciding to moving home. Yes. Is like real life. I mean, uh, you, I think that we were far enough removed. You know, I was gone for six and a half years. You were gone for nearly a decade, uh, 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I I think we were far enough removed to kind of avoid that stigma. But I think that, you know, people that do have to move home kind of sooner than than we did, there's Mm -hmm. stigma about moving home. Oh, they failed. Oh, they, they, you know, did these things. Uh, But it really doesn't matter what other people think. Right. Right. If you're putting yourself in a better scenario than what you were in in the past, that's a positive decision that you should celebrate and be excited about. Yes. And so I I think stigma, other people's opinions, drama, I I think all of those are kind of irrelevant reasons that influence our decisions. Can you think of any kind of
1: irrelevance? Well, I just want to bounce off of that, Travis, because that, you know, those are two very important statements, because one, like the, the power of stigma, yikes, like. I can't tell you the number of situations that I've put myself in and where like I based off of my, I I based off my decisions because of the influence of other people and just that. So for example, you know, just, um, with decision-making for, you know, say some of my photography methods, right. Or how I approach sessions or, you know, how I talk to people and whatnot. It's great to have mentors. It's great to have people to look up to. However, at the same time, like, I am not that person. And that's a superpower in itself is that we are our own own individuals and harnessing who we are and what we can bring to the table is so important. But anyway, so with with all that, you know, like just the stigma of, you know, having what someone else, of not having what someone else does have, right? And how that influences us to make a decision of, oh, I am going to say, for example, you know, do this fortune 500 company. And yeah. but I really hate my job. And I but on paper, it looks really great. And sometimes, you know, like there are some situations that call for the hustle work or, you know, putting you putting you in that place in time. And every I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason, right? Regardless of right. if we don't think at the time that it's going to be the the most awesome decision ever, or if we you know, end up, you know, hating our decision, like everything is going to lead us to where we have to be. Um, And kind of just going off of that, like, it's stigma in itself. It's toxic. It's there shouldn't be a place for it. And it's also like, I have to rewind real quick. Sorry, Travis, hold on. Can we? No, that's okay.
0: That's okay. (laughs) Throw it out there.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I just, I think it just requires us to like, drop all the doubts and fears and like stigma in itself, especially like with going home. Like you said, like, there's just this. There's just a lot of opinions about swirling about like, Oh, what is you know, so and so from my hometown going to say when they see me in the grocery store, or like, Oh, what is what are my, uh, what are my parents going to say to their Friends, or what are my extended family members going to say, and all that? And like you said, like we have to pick and choose what opinions we allow inside our brains, and what ultimately um, uh, what what we give value to, right? right? Because we, I think, are at a point now where we've kind of wrestled with that and we've kind of accepted it, right? And I think that's an important part too in the process is acceptance, right? It's saying like, oh, I am in this present moment right now. This is going to be my decision. I'm standing firm with it, regardless of the opinions that are happening or that are going to happen. And, you know, just really committing to growth, right? Yeah. And so, you know, stigma can often hinder us from our potential, you know, especially with our decisions. And that's kind of what I got from, from what you said there. And that was just so, that's so important for people to keep in mind, especially when they're making those, you know, changes in, you know, moving cities or going back home or they're in their next chapter in their lives, whatever that may be marriage, um, uh, having kids, um, graduating college, graduating high school, all of these things, like, getting into like all these things, divorcing, um, you know, remarrying all these things come into play here. Um, So it's, I think it's just really important for us to take that step back sometimes and say whose decision or whose opinions really matter in our decision making. And who are we going to allow in that circle? Right. Because not everyone's opinions fit in there. And I saw this one, I'm going to butcher this quote, but like, It said, you don't have to, um, not everyone in the world is going to like each other. You don't even like people. Like, you don't even like what some people have to say. You don't even (laughs) like people. And I'm like, that is so true. Like, I can't tell you the number of instances. Like, it's not even a hateful thing, but it's just like, oh, I don't really align myself with what they have to say or what they are doing. And, you know, like, they're living their own world, but how does that affect them? How does my opinion affect them? I don't even know them. I could say, like, right. oh, my gosh, I am not a fan of Bad Bunny, but I am. But I could <laughs> say, like, oh, I just do not like him at all. But, you know, like, that's not going to affect him because he is a massive superstar who does amazing right. music. Right. So I guess right. all in this thing is, like, be careful of what you're filtering into your life and especially in your decisions when you're making these paramount or what feels like paramount decisions.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And you kind of went down a route of, of whose advice are you going to take? Yes. And, and that's really hard to navigate, especially when you uh, seek advice from people that you care about. Yes. Uh, you know, just because you care about them. Right. Doesn't mean that they're going to give you great advice. I, yes. I mean, I, I, I'm i not throwing shade at anybody no. in my life, really. No, but no I, think a, I, I think it's just reality, right? Yeah. N- Just because you love them, just because they love you, doesn't mean they're equipped to give you the advice that you need. Oh, shit. Yes. Yeah, just because, like, thinking about mental health Mm -hmm. as an example... Right. If you go to somebody that you love and they Mm -hmm. give you advice about your mental health, well, they're they're not a therapist. They're not licensed or educated in Uh giving advice on mental health uh, or seeking advice on finances or or investments. Right. Right. If they're not an expert in investments or managing finances, uh, you know, just because you love them doesn't mean that they're going to give you great advice. Yes. Right. Um, So I I think that's another thing that's kind of you, you really have to. I, I'm a firm believer in get advice from a lot of different people that you love, that you care about, that you think care about you, yep. and then kind of weigh all of that and then infuse what you're feeling and what you're thinking uh, and what you think is realistic into everything. A big thing when we start, Amber and I started parenting was everybody wants to give you advice when you become a parent. Yeah. It's it's very helpful, but it's also obnoxious in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> and and so uh, something that Amber and I kind of had to work, work through or, or something I said to Amber was, you know, listen to everyone's advice, take yeah. what you like and yeah. leave what you don't. Yeah. Like it, it's it, to me, it's it's that simple, but it, it's not always that simple. So yeah. I think uh, listening to advice is a big portion of making difficult decisions. too. Right.
1: Right. Well, it's even also considering and weighing the experiences of others. Like not everyone is going to have the experience that you currently have. Right. Like there are some that may have moved, but like did they move and become a parent and also have a wife? You know, like it's it's easy for me, even just between us, Travis, you know, like it's easy for me to say like, oh, yeah, like the move was like fairly simple. But I can only imagine for you having (laughs) having a pregnant wife and having to move and all that like it's not the same right so we can kind of take and consider like some advice that we would give to each other right but we're literally on two opposite ends of texas and (laughs) it's like it's weighing all of those factors that come in and it's also weighing the factors of like um the other stakeholders that are involved so like for me for example it's like my family um you know some outside perspectives there but ultimately like i'm the primary stakeholder because this is the the greater, um, influence that it's going to have, it's going to be like a direct hit towards me, whatever decision I make with this. Right. But with you, you have to consider what, how Amber feels about the move you have to consider because it's also her life too. And it's also the kids lives. Right. And I know you're, you're super considerate about that. And so it's, or you, and you, you were during the time of your move too. And so it just kind of, putting those, keeping those things in mind, right? So, like, what are the experiences of others? And like you said, like, take what you need, and, you know, the rest, well, like, you can make some pretty informed and educated decisions based off of um, based off of some resources that you might have. So, you know, maybe you have a couple or someone that went through a fairly similar experience, or maybe... Um, you find something on Google because Google has everything nowadays, right? Or, right. It does. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, just really kind of holding yourself accountable to, you know, just taking those experience, keeping those con- uh, experiences in mind, but also just valuing where you're at and what you want to do, because that's ultimately who it's going to directly affect.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd like to kind of jump back to the decision making process in the sense of when you are experiencing what I'm gonna call decision making avoidance. Mm. Uh, you know, how how does that affect a, a decision? How does that oh my affect the decision making process? I know I have definitely experienced Uh, decision-making avoidance. And so I'm kind of, I kind of want to dive into this because I feel like a lot of people find themselves Mm -hmm. in a place of they have to make a decision. Yeah. They're in a decision-making process, but they avoid making the final call. Right. So how do we, how do we navigate that?
1: Man. So (laughs) many things, dude. So many things. Yeah. But I would say the one thing that I've seen time and time again, whenever whenever I'm making like really big decisions, like this move, for example, is just the fear that comes with it. So, and also like what that can lead us to. So for example, when we're faced with two decisions, fear can often direct you at times. Like if you have those questions swirling in your mind, that unknown in your mind, you tend to almost play it safe, right? You tend to almost say, well, I'm gonna choose something that i'm a little more comfortable with because obviously like who doesn't i mean like who doesn't want to be in a comfortable space right who doesn't want to thrive in an environment that they know that they've even built themselves like they built a solid foundation and so you know like who wouldn't want to leave that right but you know is it the best decision for you is it going to you know nurture more growth um those are just all things that you have to consider too and that's so tough to think of it in the moment because you're like oh shit like I have to think of this now like I have five seconds to it's like we're playing wheel of fortune or we're playing some <laughs> other show and it's like you have to say the vowel that you'd like to buy now or you know and if you <laughs> if you mess up you mess up but you know on, on a greater stake of things right like when we when we look at our lives and when we when we look at the decisions that we make um we often are hesitant because of those fears and because of those doubts that come in because of the unknown right so how do we navigate through that how do you well actually how do you feel about it first
0: well, I think that you bring up a really great point in in the sense of our knee jerk reaction when we're in uh, kind of the avoidance stage is yeah. go uh, immediately going to comfortability, yes. and you know thinking about our stories, we both definitely did that, right? Mm-hmm. My knee jerk reaction was when I because the the paramount moment for me. Yeah. Was not actually when we found out we were pregnant, it was when we found out we were pregnant with twins uh, mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of our paramount moment mm-hmm. and so you know my knee jerk reaction in kind of the avoidance of decision making was, well, I'm going to search for a job in Austin, mm-hmm. and I let that search go incredibly too long i was 95 applications in why did i wait that long i have Mm -hmm. no idea i think it's because Mm -hmm. i was avoiding the tough decision that Mm -hmm. i knew that i had to make yes and thinking about your story as well you know you were waiting on on your degree or yeah your second master's
1: degree right right
0: and so you know we put ourselves in our position of this would be nice, or this is where I'm most comfortable. And we let that be our excuse to not make a decision. Right. And so that's kind of how I view avoidance is that how you know, identifying that we're immediately going to go to what's most comfortable to us. Yes. But that may not lead us to the right decision.
1: Exactly. Or the decision that is going to best serve us. Right. You know, because like even some of the decisions that we don't want to make or like that are really painful. So, for example, this move, the last two weeks was just, oh, my gosh, it was FOMO to the max, dude. Like, I just thought of I, I said goodbye to a lot of friends in the area. I had some like farewell dinners. I had, you know, just like meetups at the bar and all that. And it was, you know, it was awesome to like see all these friends and, you know, see the family that I basically created. Um, you know, like come together and like just kind of reminisce. But like, it's also it also made me think like, I have two weeks until this move. And I've seen it in movies before where the main actor just like goes on a motorcycle and hops on the bridge and (laughs) makes it happen. Like they just they find a job where they find a way that is going to uh, lead them to, you know, staying or like going to that person and whatnot. And That was me the last two weeks, dude. It was like, I'm going to find, I'm going to apply for all the jobs. I have my business. Yeah. But I'm going to look for like all the design jobs because that's where, you know, like ultimately I want to, you know, head to next in my career or something that I want to explore. That's, you know, that's another avenue that maybe I haven't tapped in yet. And I haven't like worked hard enough towards and all that stuff. So it's the spiraling that happened in my mind the last two weeks. It was tough it was so hard to navigate through because I just thought like, wow, I've, it it almost, like you said before, it almost feels like you give up, you know, no matter where you go, but it it feels like you've abandoned a place and you just, you kind of let your doubt yourself down in a sense. And looking back, I mean, I'm like what, two, three weeks being back home and, I feel fine about my decision now, but in the moment, right? It's like, right. oh my gosh, what am I like going of? I'm like going of all my business stuff. I am like going of like all of my hopes and dreams. Like it sure. just feels so it's the drama. It's the drama, dude. It's the it drama. <laughs> but, But um, you know, we're we're saving the drama for our mamas, and we can <laughs> vent to them <laughs> and baby mamas in this case. So yeah, uh, <laughs> but. You know, like it's good to have those vent sessions with people like your moms and your famos and all that. But anyway, anyways, so, you know, (laughs) like just, it's, you know, just in hindsight, dude, like when you're, when you're in that decision-making process, your doubts and your fears cannot get in the way of what is truly meant to be for you. And you can't, you can't run away from it. You can't hide from it. And making a decision oftentimes means that, yeah, you're going to commit to it and everything that it comes with afterwards, right? And if you like, after a while, if it doesn't work out, and this is something that my friend, um, Christina, shout out Christina, um, she told me right before I left, because we're both from the same hometown. Um, We had like different life paths and whatnot, but she gave me some very invaluable advice, which was like, you can always come back. Like if it's three months in, and you just do not stand being back home, you can always come back, you can find a way. And I found my way back. When was it three, four years ago when I came back for grad school, I thought a year deep into, you know, being back in my hometown and traveling, I thought, wow, like I might actually have something here, but ultimately grad school led me back to San Marcos. It led me back to um, a lot of new adventures and a lot of opportunities. And I've grown a lot since then, but you know, like this new venture into this new space that I'm in now it's not like where I was before when I was, what, 24? Now I'm going to be 28. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I'm old. But, you <laughs> know, like, it, it, I'm not the same person. And that person requires different needs than how I was before. And those decisions impacted who I am now. So, like I said, like we both said, everything is going to happen for a reason. And it, you might not see it clear. You might not see, like, the light at the end of the tunnel right then and there. But if you crawl, if you walk, if you run just a little bit further, you'll be getting closer and closer to what is ultimately meant for you. Right. This is going deep. Oh my gosh, dude.
0: Yeah. And I want to dive a little bit deeper because I I, want to make a quick argument because I think that decision-making is harder for stubborn people than it is not stubborn people. Mm. Because I I, I think that with stubborn people – their desires guide their conversation with themselves It guides their decision making process. Whereas, you know, less stubborn people or not stubborn people at all, they may let their emotions guide their decision making. They may let let logic, uh, guide their decision making. There's a lot of different things that can guide your decision making. Um, but I think, I think stubborn people kind of have a difficult time because they they're going to let their desires Mm -hmm. guide them and their Mm -hmm. desires aren't always maybe what's best for them. Mm -hmm. You know, I I see a lot of people that, you know, have amazing potential and they're moving to a place that they can't afford to live in to achieve uh, a certain social media status. and you know i'm not judging them but i'm like you can be in such a better position if you gave less emphasis to this and gave mm-hmm. more emphasis to this mm-hmm. right and they guide their own life I, I don't guide their own life but you know i see it on social media and it's, it 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 interests me mm-hmm. and i think that it, it applies to our our conversation here of yeah. what is guiding yeah a, a decision making process
1: right right 100% dude well i mean you you even bring up I go back to the influence of, of media and digital worlds and digital spaces nowadays, but our conversation so far just reminded me of a movie. Have you seen 500 Days of Summer by chance?
0: No. Tell me about
1: it. Oh my gosh. It's, first of all, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's an indie film. It stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who was in a couple of movies, uh, one of them in particular, was 10 Things I Hate About You. Have you seen that movie with Julia Stiles? Absolutely. Yes. A good one, right? So, um, He's in this movie and he has a love interest. Um, her name is Summer, hence 500 Days of Summer. And uh, Summer is played by Zoe Deschanel. Do you know who Zoe Deschanel is? No. Oh my god. Have you seen New Girl? Yes. Have you seen Elf? Yes. Fantastic. It's Buddy the Elf's wife and Uh, And new girl, she is the the new girl. So um, yeah, so basically in this movie, what happens is it's basically they fall in love and it's the story of their time together. And even in the beginning of the movie, there's this like narrator in the background. I don't know who it's played by, but I wish I had his voice. And he says like, (laughs) this is a story between boy, about boy meets girl. And i just like to let you know up front, this is not a love story. So you're like, oh, well, why am I even watching this rom-com? Like, why, <laughs> why am I emotionally invested in this if I don't have the ending that I want? But all in all, without giving too much spoilers, there was you know just this one part in the movie where Tom um, thinks he has two screens. So like in the movie, you'll see two screens. And one of them is the expectations and the other one is the reality. And the expectations are, he is um still in love with summer they're head over heels with each other like they're in a, a uh upst- what's it called like an upstairs um deck or or whatever in an apartment sure and they're able to see the cityscapes and all that stuff and they're talking and they're just having a romantic time and all that stuff in a, at a party and you know the the one on the right is the reality and it's him alone and he sees I hate to give it away, but like he sees <laughs> Summer with someone else. And then, you know, just from there, he kind of spirals and he just sees two aspects of his life. And I thought that was a very interesting choice for the creative team, for the director, for the producers, all that stuff, um, because that is just so I think we can uh, emulate that, or we can empathize with that, right. That kind of scenario where we make a decision and we see the expectations of what we want to happen with that decision. And then we see right. the reality play out what it mater- what materializes is out of it. And, um, it's, it's a tough thing to come by because that decision, like we said before, it might not play out all too well in our favor, you know, sure. it's, it's inevitable. Um, but it is going to lead us to another decision and, you know, just a, a series of them afterwards. And so it's what we do in that moment that matters, right? Are we going to dwell? Are we going to say this decision was the worst decision of my life? Let's just, you know, that, that's a wrap on everything. That's a, la- a, a wrap on my life <laughs> plans and everything that the universe, that everything had for me. Right. Or we can say, Wow this decision was tough. It was really uncomfortable, but I learned a lot and I know what not to do. Um, Absolutely. I know what to take with me. So, you know, that just kind of what we discussed so far just kind of reminds me of the power of, you know, media and and social media and, you know, those digital spaces and how it's, Allows us to make these informed decisions just based off of the narratives that we see every day, or just um, the, the fictional or nonfictional characters that you know have lived their lives and we're able to, or, or were, yeah, we're able to kind of dissect you know their decisions and then you know maybe uh, lo- take a little bit of that and sprinkle it in with our lives. So
0: yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I think that that was a great narration of, of that specifically. And I think that, you know, with every hard decision that we get ourselves through, we're better off, we're, we're better people because of that. Because even if it was the wrong decision, you've yeah. learned something from that wrong decision. If it was yeah. the right decision, you've learned how to make a good decision. Absolutely. And so I, I think that uh, the, the process there is valuable regardless of the outcome of your decision. Yeah. Um, but before I end the show, I want to ask a question because yes. that's what I'm here for as a podcast host. Uh, yeah, Hit me what's your in best my shot? F- In my family, there's two types of decision makers. Mm-hmm. There are the quick decision makers, yeah, the fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants people, yeah, and there are the long, drawn-out, logical, thoughtful decision makers.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: And I'll tell you which one I am after after we talk, but um what <laughs> which one are you are are you are you long and thought out or are you like i'm gonna make the best decision that I can make right now and hopefully it's the right one are are you quick or are you long and thought out
1: that's hard, Travis because I think the first when I applied for my my uh graduate program um my master's program at Texas State and I wanted to make the move back it was like I want to go, I want to explore things. I I know that, you know, San Marcos has, you know, more in store for me. I felt like Natasha Bedingfield's song, Unwritten was like playing in the background and I just needed to go. (laughs) I really just needed to dive in. But you know, like this time around, since I was moving back here, um, it was kind of, I I took a little bit more time to think of all the variables because it, you know, I'm a little bit more um, grounded or, A little bit more, what's the word? I think I have a lot more at stake now than I did four years ago, Um, you know, business wise too. And I had to really consider that because, you know, I might not be available for those DM requests that are like, Hey, I need a photographer for this day. Or if like, I saw, I know someone that like needs, you know, some sort of design or whatever, and they need to meet in person, you know, I can't be there. Right. It has to be virtual or I have to plan it out so far in advance. Um, So with, I mean, with all that being said, like my friend, Chris, um, he told me some advice too, and he's a planner for sure. He likes kind of like the the methodology that comes with, with planning and decision-making. But um, he told me like, write a pros and cons list, you know, if you, right after I got my uh, decision letter, Um, it, uh, steered me towards like two paths. It's like, do I want to stay here in the area? One, keep paying San Marcos, Austin rent. Um, or two, do I want to go back home? Maybe save a little bit of money, maybe not have my place for a little bit, but, you know, still enjoy kind of the social aspects a little bit more and, you know, hold on, give me one second. Sorry. Uh, yeah okay sorry my bad um but you know just kind of having those two things in mind he he told me okay like write write a pros and cons list you know like write down what you really uh don't just have it swirling in your mind have something there and for me like this decision I was more of the informed decision maker like I was very long and detailed and thorough about like Here are the things that I want to get out of it. Here are like the possible outcomes and like, I'll be okay with it for the time being. And if I don't, well, that's another decision that I can make later. Um, but you know, like for this example, like, I think I've changed throughout the years and I'm sure you have too, because the stakes are higher. You have kiddos, you have wife, you know, like it's not just you anymore that you have to consider. So Um, but to answer your question, I would say that I am like more of the informed decision maker now, just because of the stakes that are involved.
0: Right. Right. I think there's some, for me, I've been fly by the seat of my pants since I was young and in a lot of ways I still am but I think there's some variability in my decision making I'm still a very quick decision maker yeah. I I quickly think about all the possible scenarios that I can think of in that moment and I make the best decision based off, based off of that thinking yes but I think that what comes after kind of defines my decision making because I'm very much so a planner uh very hardcore planner uh very thought out planner so you know decision making uh, I make a decision and then plan how it's going to work in the future. Wow. Uh, so that, that's kind of who I am. But it's funny that you bring up like pros and cons lists. Like when Amber has to make a very hard decision, the first thing that she does is make a pros and cons list. And I don't remember the last time I've made a pros and cons list. Like, <laughs> for, for me, it's all mental. I'm like, oh, that could happen. That could happen. That could happen. Okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Uh, But Amber kind of has to see it visually. And it's so interesting how different people, you know, have to have those visual cues Mm -hmm. uh,
1: or mental cues to make a decision. It's very interesting. Well, even just those approaches, like you mentioned, like there are some people that can very well just have it like in their, in their mind, right. They can project um, those outcomes. And like, they can, they see into the future, basically they're that's a Raven. And with, you know, with Amber, it's kind of the same, but you know, it could just involve like physically writing it out. And that's something that I've um, kind of noted too, is like, if you are, you got to work with your strengths, whenever you're making decisions, don't just, you know, go off of what you've seen on Netflix or what you've seen on a YouTube tutorial and all that stuff. Like for all the viewers out there, like, or for all the listeners out there, do what is best what what is going to work with your strengths and what is going to work out for you right so like when you're making these big monumental decisions um or even if it's just small minuscule ones like write down what you want out of it right so like not just swirling in your mind and then you're like oh i didn't think of that right you're thinking you're taking the time to consider it Um, to consider all the outcomes um, or all the outcomes that come into mind at that time. And then from there, you know, like add on to the list, you know, come back to it, revisit it. Um, But making those plans, um, putting it on a calendar or, you know, just giving yourself like a timeline. I think that'll help with the sense of urgency factor that comes into decision making, because then that'll tell you, oh, okay, like I need this sense of immediacy by this time. And that requires me to prioritize what I need to put in what, what plays in my schedule. Right. Yeah. Um. And if I could, could I give some just advice real
0: quick, just from my experiences? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, please. Yeah. Let's, let's get to that. Give me that final piece of advice for a person out there that's listening and is in the middle of a decision-making process. What's your final piece of advice?
1: Yes, yes, yes. So, I think the biggest thing that I've learned, especially in the decision-making process is, you know, again, back of your mind, you can have things swirling, right? You can spiral out of control, but it's important to have that affirmation and that reaffirmation to yourself that the decision that you're making now, it's not going to be this huge thing, even though it does feel like it at the time. And like, there are some investments involved, but you are what you tell yourself. So if you're going to tell yourself, I am okay with this decision, I don't know what it's going to bring me, but I know I'm going to be okay. And that's right. something that I had to tell myself within this move with a lot of decisions that I made, had to make because it's overwhelming. Like you just get so anxious about, I had spent so much money. I did so. And like, I let so-and-so down or like, I'm going to let so-and-so down. It's, you know, all these things. Right. But it's important to kind of have that mantra in the back of your mind or have those affirmations and verbally say them um, because, Ultimately, and this is something that I'm learning too, is what you have to consider what did serve you, what is serving you, and what will serve you. Amen. Right? Like all your decisions, what did serve you, served you there in your past self. What is going to serve you is going to serve your present self. And what will serve you is going to serve your future self. Just keep that in mind always. Mm, that was so good. Mm.
0: Oh man. So I I think just like a final point for me is uh, your moral compass plays a huge role in your decision making as well. What you think is right and what you think is wrong really plays a huge role in your decision making process. Uh, you know, if you think a certain thing is wrong, then obviously you know, that's not the, de- that's not the outcome for you. That's not the de- decision for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be comfortable with that. Your conscience has to be able to live with your decision. Mm-hmm. Otherwise the morning of a decision, because mm-hmm. there, there may be a morning process with a decision um, that that'll eat you up and, and that's not good for you. And you need, so you need to be comfortable with it. You need to make sure that you, you know, your moral compass is a part of it as well. Uh, so that's, that's kind of my ending note. Gosh, Anything on that? Dude.
1: Oh my gosh! Like right back at you, like a hundred percent. It's man, we're we're just so good with words, even though words are hard.
0: <laughs> the Amen to that. We
1: have our moments, right? So it's good. <laughs> we do have our moments, and
0: luckily, it's recorded.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's on record.
1: Thank thankful for that.
0: Great. <laughs> right. <laughs> right absolutely man well this has been a real treat for me and i think we really spit out some really good content today so i'm really excited about that so wh- if people want to go learn more about you where where should they go nowadays it might have changed since the last time
1: um, um i'm not sure if it did i don't remember what handles or what urls i gave you but if you'd like to follow more of my photography adventures um and some things that i do creatively um you can find me on instagram at Uh, at symbol is s-u-a-r-e-z creative and then for my website in case you you know want to take some pictures you want to come visit me in el paso um you can find me at swatis-creative.com and that is that's it yeah
0: that's amazing go look at his website he's worked very hard on it go look at his social media because he's amazing and also Go follow the podcast follow at the how podcast. To adult TW. Yes, yes, at HowToAdultTW on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yes. And we are going to continue to learn how to adult together.
1: Amazing.